live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. A great good afternoon, wherever you are. Thank you for dialing us up in whatever form or fashion that you do. On this Tuesday, April 25th, the year 2023. More recaps of spring football. Does LSU have the best quarterback room in the SEC? And closer and closer and closer to the NFL draft. All these topics are up for discussion today, Tuesday, April 25th. My main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair inside the FCO Development Studios. FCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB which is 1037 Lafayette, head west on I-10, and you'll find KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles. We are streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. And we're here for the next two hours. It is great to be with you on a drop-dead gorgeous chamber of commerce day. So let's get busy. Push that button, James. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's Headlines. All righty. The NBA last night, once again, phenomenal ball games. The L.A. Lakers take a three games to one lead over the Memphis Grizzlies as LeBron James turned back time yet again at over 38 years of age, 22 points, 20 rebounds, seven assists. He had the driving layup at the end, descended into overtime, the Lakers outscored the Grizzlies 13-7 to in the extra five minutes, and they take a commanding lead as Austin Reeves led the way with 23. D'Angelo Russell with three key three balls late, finished with 17, and the Grizzlies just couldn't get enough help for Desmond Bain, who had 36 points on the day. John Moran had 19 Lakers up. Three games to one, but the highlight of the night, the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Buck. Milwaukee led by five after one, led by seven at the half, led by 11 after three. And then all of a sudden, the Miami Heat turned it up with a 41-point fourth quarter, led by playoff Jimmy Butler who had 56 points on the night to go along with nine rebounds and two assists. He had 20 of those points in the first quarter alone. Jimmy Buckets Butler gets it done with 56. 
wow, he was spectacular. And the mind and the Milwaukee Bucks, despite having Giannis Antetokounmpo back with a 26-point, 10-rebound, 13-assist, triple-double, Brooke Lopez getting 36 points. They fell apart at the seams down the stretch. And Miami, Miami has now a three games to one advantage over the number one seed in the East. My goodness. We have a triple header for you tonight. Boston looks to close out the Atlanta Hawks in Boston with a three games to one lead there. Denver looking to do the same thing to the Timberwolves as the Nuggets host them with a three games to one lead. And Kawhi Leonard ruled out again. So the Phoenix Suns are going to close things out tonight against the Clippers. They also have a three games to one advantage. So the NBA uh, playoffs, nothing quite, quite like it. LSU baseball back on the diamond. They'll take on Nichols tonight at 630. Remember, uh, LSU run ruled the Colonels when they met earlier this month. And like in that game, LSU will piece things together with a bevy of pictures tonight. Coach Jake Johnson said to look for guys like Blake Money, Sam Dutton, and Thatcher Hurd to get work. And added that everyone in the bullpen will be available except for Javen Coleman and Griffin Herring. Um, Remember, even though LSU beat Nichols earlier this season, you can't take anything for granted. Everybody's going to give LSU its best shot. Jake Johnson used the UL Lafayette game as an example, saying the Cajuns emptied, quote, emptied their tank and used their Friday night starter and top reliever against them, which was probably a big factor in UL getting swept this past weekend by James Madison. I'm just saying. Just saying. Um, if you're wondering about Tommy White's status, there's good news. Johnson said White was experiencing some leg soreness, suggested that it's nothing serious, just a little sore kind of a thing. Um, he's going to be okay. Um, Johnson didn't rule out the possibility of White playing in tonight's game, said it depends on how he feels. He is day to day. Another outfielder, Paxton Kling, has been taking batting practice and is probably closer now to returning than they thought he would be when he first injured his hamstring. Texture Brady Neal isn't as far along in his recovery. Uh, when you look at LSU baseball, overall, Dylan Cruz batting 496 for the season. In the SEC, batting 492 against the big boys. The good ones, LSU's 12-5 and five in SEC play. Braden Joe Bear, 324. Tommy White, 319. Jared Jones, 310. LSU batting 284 as a team. Their opponents batting 248. Paul Skeens is 3-1 and one in SEC play with a 2.80 ERA. Ty Floyd is 3-0 and oh with a 5.28 ERA. So uh, LSU by far. Head and tails above the rest in the conference, um, for sure, for sure. Um, coming up today on the program, we'll uh, delve into a little bit more of spring football as both Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer were very, very sharp in LSU's spring game. Very sharp. Uh, we'll 
go over uh, the LSU spring game once again. Uh, Blake Topmeyer will join us an hour with Matthew Bruni. I'm sorry, with Matthew Bruni. Blake Topmeyer will join us at 3 o'clock. He covers the SEC for USA Today. Um, the quarterback rankings, the most important position on the field. I'm here to say that LSU has two starting quarterbacks, one that's going to start for LSU and another that could start for a handful of teams in the SEC and Garrett Nussmeyer. We'll discuss the quarterback position with Blake Topmeyer. And then, boy, you're hearing all kind of news, all kind of news. This is the this is that time. A lot of it's shock value. A lot of it through a lot of um, analysis. And sometimes it's analysis by or analysis by paralysis. Uh, you study too much, but one person who sees his odds skyrocket and some sports book even have him going as the number one pick overall is Will Levis of Kentucky. If you recall, we can go back on the on the audio and video. And and I always thought I thought Will Levis is going to be the next Josh Allen type of player. Big, strong. He was on a bad football team in college where he didn't have great people around him. You get to the NFL, all these players are great. The lines are better. The skill position people are better. They'll teach Will Levis. They'll correct his flaws, a lot of those flaws, out of desperation and despair. I think Will Levis is going to be a stud in the NFL. A lot of people already have him jumping up to the number one pick in the draft to the Carolina Panthers. We shall see. We'll talk about that with uh, our Bob Rose of the Saints News Network on our weekly session of the Black and Gold Report. So that's some of your headlines of the day. We'll take our first time out of the day. And when we come back, we'll... uh. We'll knock it around the ball yard a little bit. So stay with us next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You haven't seen the defending World Series champs in person yet? Not to worry because the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with another Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Oakland Athletics on Saturday, May 20th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston Downtown, and the Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back and somewhat better than ever. 16 minutes after the hour as the NFL draft comes about. And the Orleans Saints, um, when, when you look... And you, you you think about their drafts uh, in the past. The Saints have had some good ones. There's no question. 2017 is the gold standard of drafts for LSU. First round, number 11 overall, Marshawn Lattimore, four-time pro bowler. Yeah, also in the first round, number 32 pick overall, Ryan Ramchek. 
a first uh, team all pro. Been starting ever since. In round two at number 42, Marcus Williams um, in the secondary. Now with the Baltimore Ravens. In round three, number 67 overall, Alvin Kamara. Round three, number 76 overall, Alex Anzalone, who's now with the Detroit Lions. And the steal at round three, number 103 overall, Trey Hendrickson, now with the Cincinnati Bengals. That was that was a tremendous, tremendous draft. Saints have had some other ones um, since 2013. And we'll go over some of these. Um, but in 2013, you had... Kenny Vercaro in the first round. Teron Armstead, round three, number 75 overall. A long time started for the Saints. Now with the Miami Dolphins. Um, John Jenkins in round three. Now with the Las Vegas Raiders. Kenny Stills was there. He was his starter for years. Uh, in 2014, not the greatest of years. The, the only one was Brandon Cook's first round, number 20 overall. Now with the Dallas Cowboys but they missed with Stanley Jean-Baptiste and Kiari Fort and Vinny Sinceri, Ronald Powell, and Tavon Rooks. Uh-uh. In 2015, you got uh, two starters out of that draft. Andrus Pete, first round number 13 overall, and in round three, number 78 overall, P.J. Williams. You missed on some other ones. Stephon Anthony, Garrett Grayson, the quarterback, Davis Tudd, People like that. In 2016, another very, very good year. Albeit, most of them are on other teams now, but they were starters for the Saints. Uh, first round, number 12 overall was Sheldon Rankins, now with the Houston, Texas. In round two, number 47 overall, oh, I hope he's healthy, Michael Thomas. Also in round two, number 61 overall, now with the Carolina Panthers, but he started for the Saints and was very good, Von Bell. And just now leaving the Saints after being their fourth-round selection, number 120 overall back in 2016, David Anyamata, now with the Falcons. In 2017, we talked about that. That was quite the year. In 2018, you had Marcus Davenport in round one, number 14 overall, and didn't pan out as well as we had hoped. These with the Minnesota Vikings. And in round three, number 94 overall, Traquan Smith. He's had some moments. He's had some moments. In 2019, in round two, number 48 overall, Eric McCoy on the offensive line. In round four, number 105 overall. What a steal. Uh, played too short for the Saints was an impactful player now with Detroit, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. You also had in round seven, Elise Mack, a tight end that started some. And I hate to see this guy go, but he's with the Atlanta Falcons now. Round seven, number 244, Caden Ellis. I think he's going to be a next-level kind of a player. In 2020, you struck gold at number 24 with Cesar Ruiz. Still waiting for round three, number 74 overall, Zach Bond to pan out. And I thought he'd be a lot better, but ugh. at round three, number 105 overall, Adam Troutman. In 2021, still waiting. Your first round pick, number 28 overall, Peyton Turner. Um, I think he's proven that he is going to be a player. Again, you got to stay healthy. Um, number 60 overall, Pete Werner. Number 76 overall, round three, Paulson Adebo. Really good, really good. 
Um, Eon Book was your fourth-round pick. In round six, you had Lendon Young on the offensive line. And in round seven, Kawan Baker. So they're still all around, still with the Saints. And we're hoping that that will pan out. In 2022, well, Chris Olave had quite the season, number 11 in the first round. At number 19 in the first round, he got hurt. Saints are still expecting a heck of a lot out of Trevor Henning. In round two, I think a lot of people were surprised when the Saints went with a defensive back, but they really were high, and I can see why. Alante Taylor out of Tennessee was the number 49 selection. Um, still, the jury's out on round five, number 161, DeMarco Jackson at linebacker. And round six, number 194, Jordan Jackson, now with a defensive lineman, now with the Denver Broncos. So the Saints, what you try to do, and what I think they really need to do is they need to get three starters out of this draft. That would be um, just the key to everything. That would be the that would be the goal. And if you can do that, then then you're okay. Um, you know, Taylor from last year became a year one name, starting nine games. Excellent draft. Um, all-time excellent draft. So when you think about um, seven, all of whom turned into starters in 2017. Muhammad is the only one who didn't start for the Saints specifically, but he started for the Bears and the Indianapolis Colts once he left New Orleans after one season. Three in that 2017 draft class have been repeat Pro Bowl selections. Lattimore four times, Kamara five times, Hendrickson twice, Ranchef goes a first-team All-Pro in 2019. So since 2013, if you base it upon starters, longevity, rewards, the Saints have had one good draft and four great drafts since 2013. That's a pretty good, it's a pretty good track record. So um, that class of Lattimore, Ramchek, Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, Alex Anzalone, Trey Hendrickson, and Al Quadin Muhammad, you can drop him off. But those six big time players, and we shall see uh, what happens starting on Thursday. Um, I talked about Will Levis, and you know, social media is is you know can can sway so many people. It's just it's crazy. Um, an anonymous post on social media triggered rushes of betting action at the sportsbooks, and it happened again today. Bryce Young remains the consensus favorite to be the top pick, listed at minus 1,400 at Caesars Sportsbook. But today, multiple sportsbooks reported receiving a surge of bets on Will Levis to go number one, causing the former Kentucky quarterback's odds to move wildly. Levis's odds to be the top pick moved from 40 to one to four to one today at DraftKings. Man, man. Um, certain people put out a mock draft, and a lot of people are gonna bite on it. That's just that's just the way it is. Um so we shall, it makes for fun. 
It, it does. And I still believe as the draft begins Thursday in Kansas City, I am still a proponent that Will Levis will be a big time NFL quarterback. Um, apparently, uh, you know, they, they come up with these these scores, right? Um, from your uh, the Wonderlick test and all these things that are out there. And apparently, uh, CJ Stroud did not fare very well. And um, because of that, apparently his stock is is dropping. To win the NFC South. I really do. All right, let's take a quick break here. Um, well, uh, when we come back, we will delve a little bit deeper into the LSU spring football game. Um, areas that surprised, areas that concern. Uh, we'll go over it all with um, BengalTigerOn3.com's Matthew Bruni, a regular guest here on a Tuesday after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is the Jordy Holberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Modern technology has a funny way of working out. Welcome back to the Jordy Holtberg Show here on The Game. Matt Miguez filling in for the Blonde Bomber, uh, having some some technical difficulties here at the station. So I'm going to be with you for the next three and a half hours. Me and James Mesh are going to sit here and talk about the top stories in sports. We'll look at the NBA playoffs. We will take a look at college baseball as well. And a whole lot more. James, you ready for this, bud? Oh, this is going to be a nice marathon, huh? Yeah. Three and a half hours, no phone lines. Nope. Unfortunately, if you had an opinion, uh, we likely won't be able to get to it today. Uh, if you if you want to get it to us via social media, um, Facebook and Twitter, at the game Louisiana. Yeah, if you want to tweet at us on our individual profiles, go ahead. Yeah, please, please feel free to to do so. But again, technology, you you live with it and 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 you die by it sometimes. So we do what we have to do. Move on. Let's look at. Luckily, there's a lot to talk about. There, there is a lot to talk about. And one thing we had, since we had a short show yesterday, one thing that I we didn't get to really dive deep into is the Aaron Rodgers trade to the Jets. Now, if you missed it, the the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have reached a deal for Aaron Rodgers. The Jets will get Aaron Rodgers, the 15th pick in the draft, and number 170 in the draft. While the Packers will get number 13, pick number 42, pick number 207, and then a 2024 second rounder that becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays. So when looking at this deal, James, the first question that I have to ask, 15 and 13, 
Why didn't those pictures stay out of it? Slight move up. Slight move up. I don't... Uh, it kind of feels like maybe it was a little unnecessary, but if the Packers have a guy that they really like and the opportunity to move up two spots to have a better chance of getting the guy, that way there's less likely of a chance that someone can jump them and get them, well, there you go. Watch. I'm not mad at it. I think the bigger question is out of this is, do you think the Jets pay too much? It depends on how long you get out of them. Right. Because people I, people think this is going to be a one year rental, I think this is going to be a. I think this is more of a two or three. If it's a one year rental, yes, you paid too much, right? Because guess what? Even though you got a lot better with this Jets team now that you have Aaron Rodgers, you're still in a very loaded AFC. You still have to worry right. about the Bengals, so, right? The Chiefs, the Bills. Et answer cetera. answer this question, okay? Does Aaron Rodgers? And I'm not even going to use the word contender. Mm-hmm. Compete. Does it make? the New York Jets, a Super Bowl team? The answer is no. Right, because even though I think the Jets are a little more well-rounded, potentially than we've seen in Correct. years past with they still the, the need, Packers, they still need help. It's still a young team that's very inexperienced. So I don't think getting Aaron Rodgers will be enough. And I think by the end of it, you'll look at it and be like, Packers, if Jordan Love, he doesn't have to be what Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and Bart Starr were. If he can, if he can be a solid starter and a franchise guy for a few, uh, quite a few years, and be stable for them for a hot minute, I feel like the Packers end up winning it because you moved up two picks. I fully anticipate Aaron Rodgers is going to play at least sixty-five percent of Correct. the Jet snaps. So you're going to get two. So firsts. you're also going to get a first in next year's draft. Correct. Yeah, right now I think the Packers won the deal because Aaron Rodgers will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in this league. But last year, he wasn't great. Was he terrible? No, not by any means. But here's the thing. We we say he kind of had an off year, but his off year is still really good. Just as good, if not better, than most Ag- quarterbacks. Agreed. So I would agree with that. His off year, and that was with him having to deal with a completely new receiving core, no Devontae Adams, since he hadn't had a guy that he could really trust in really ever because, you know, he used to be able to go to Donald Driver. He used to be able to go to James Jones consistently. He loved himself to Jordy Nelson, and then he developed quite a rapport with Devontae Adams. So the fact that he really didn't have that much of a receiving core, their tight end situation with Robert Tanyan kind of fell through. Correct. You have a bunch of rookie and, like, second-year wide receivers outside of Alan Lazard, and you brought in Randall Cobb, but it's like, do you really trust Randall Cobb to be a 1,000-yard receiver for you? The thing that's interesting for me is you look at this deal and you paid this much for a guy that just two months ago basically said he was done. And I quote, 90% retired. The dude was done. Can you get three years out of him? Two at an absolute minimum. I think that's the only way the Jets can win this trade. And in one of those two years, to me, you need to have at least... AFC title game? I would say Super Bowl. I need You need to be able to go to that Super Bowl because we talk about the Pels-Lakers trade a lot where Anthony Davis goes to Lakers. Mm-hmm. You still say the... Pelicans won that trade because they got a whole bunch of 
young talent and potential. However, even though it's a little different to me because I think the Lakers got exactly what they wanted out of that trade. They got a they got a championship. They got a championship, and they got a. I say stable loosely because of how often Anthony Davis gets gets hurt, but he is one of the best players in the league right now. So I still ultimately say the Lakers won it because they got the championship and they got exactly what they wanted. While you look at the Pels right now, they're a little bit in shambles. It almost feels like thus far, I I will I will agree that the Lakers have won the trade. Mm -hmm. However, there's still a lot of time and a lot of potential for that narrative to flip. So the jury's really still out. Because if your young guys, including Zion Williamson, turn things around and get super healthy... I mean, it... it, If If you end up competing for multiple championships... While yeah. the Lakers, once LeBron retires and it's just AD and maybe fall off, like if if the Lakers fall off and the Pels are competing for championships, then you can revisit it and say, well, if the Pels want a championship or two and they're constantly competing and they're putting themselves in the race for a championship, damn near every year, then you could say the Pels correct won that trade. But for right now, I mean, it's. It's all Lakers because best you've gotten out of the Pell so far is a first round exit. Yeah. Where yeah. you looked somewhat competitive against the Suns because you tied it at 2 2 and then the Suns took the final two and won the series. Correct. So there's there's kind of a power level and difference right there. Staying on the topic of the NFL and talking about quarterbacks, are you buying the Will Levis news. It's tough because you also are at the same time hearing CJ Stroud has a solid chance of still being available after the fifth pick. Flunked his S2 test? Which is a brand new test that they're starting to do instead Correct. of a Wonderlick. Correct. And the report is that he got an 18% while Bryce Young had a 98%. Correct. But they did also say that the the so, correctness on these answers and how the players did isn't 100% correct. So the co-founder said that of the eight scores that were leaked, two of them were inaccurate. Now, he didn't say which two, but he said two players received inaccurate scores. Mm-hmm. Could one of them be C.J. Stroud? Obviously, that's possible. But NFL teams don't know that. So when you're a GM and, you know, I, I don't agree that it should go based off of a test, but we all know that's how it is. No, but when you're a quarterback, you have to have the mental capacity to remember every single play, where the receivers are going, what the tight end is supposed to do, how the offensive line is supposed to be kind of aligned with their protection, what the running running back is supposed to do, while the individual positions just have to mainly worry about what they're going to do. So when you look at these test results and you go, CJ you got an 18%? I don't want that kid. Right. It's tough because I've... To me personally, I think C.J. Stroud is one of the guys where I think this is an inaccurate score. 
Now, am I saying he's in 85 or 90 percent? Probably not, because I, I doubt it would skew that far to the opposite side if he had, if his reported score was an 18 percent. But I feel like you got to give him at least a little more credit than that. To me, he did play at a pretty high level at Ohio State. He did. He did. Uh, so yeah, Stroud had an 18 percent. Bryce Young had a 98. Jake Hayner out of Fresno State had a 96 percent, and Will Levis out of Kentucky scored a 93 percent. So now you look at Will Levis's odds to be taken number one overall, and they have absolutely skyrocketed. Bryce Young, still the consensus favorite to go number one overall at minus 1,400. But Levis's odds have moved from 40 to 1 to 4 to 1. Bryce Young could go number one to Carolina, but James, could the Texans now take Will Levis at two? It is an interesting thing to think about because they were talking about how they're just not in love with C.J. Stroud at all. Correct. So at that point, a lot of people kind of had him had Stroud going to Indy at that point. But they never said anything about not being in love with Will Levis. It is interesting, though, because the Colts... And the Seahawks. They're kind of two teams that are pretty a tight-knit group where you really don't hear too many leaks. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about the trades that you've seen recently over the last couple of years, like the DeForest Buckner trade, or even them getting Carson Wentz, you didn't hear a lick about it until the news dropped that it actually happened. Correct. And usually, it's the same thing with Seattle. You never really hear anything. They're not really big on buying players but also in the draft they're also such a wild card because if you look at their history and where they draft there's no like with the Saints where it's like it's offensive defensive line receiver or secondary and maybe every once in a while a running back you know kind of like the big impact positions but if it's Seattle they kind of just take either best player available or best player available at a position of need so it's two tough positions to really figure out because you hear these reports here and there where CJ Stroud could be outside the top five by the time we hit six or whatever. But we haven't heard a lick out of Indy really because people think they've they know what's going on with Indy in their war room, but they never really okay. have anything ever leak. Let me ask you this. Okay. Over under three and a half QBs taken in the top ten. I think are there four QBs in the top ten? I think there are, because you got Young at one. Let's say if even if Willis or Levis doesn't go at two, you would think He'll go at four. You would think he would go at four. Someone's probably going to trade with the Cardinals at three to try and go get Anthony Richardson. If Anthony Richardson doesn't fall, I've been hearing things about Anthony Richardson. Could if he's if see if he's there for Seattle. That's a potential, but that's, a, that's the same thing. They could be purposely leaking stuff that they like don't believe at all. Correct. Could be smokescreen. It could be a complete smokescreen. Yep. And then even if not, same thing with the Raiders. The Raiders are reportedly happy with Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's like if one of the top guys, like if Will, 
if CJ Stroud falls to you, either you trade you either trade out and let someone else go get him. Or maybe depending on who is there, you go get him yourself. But it's like Ross Jackson said yesterday when, when we had him on crunch time. I asked him if if the Raiders would draft a quarterback, and he thought that they would because, yeah, you might be happy with Jimmy Garoppolo and you've got him for three years, and that's great. However, dude gets injured a lot. Right. How, how, how often is he going to be on the field for you? So you have to have a backup plan. And I'm sorry, Jared Stidham is just not it. That's not a good backup plan. So... Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm Vegas, I'd be in the market for a quarterback. Now, would I say I have to get one in the first round? No, not necessarily. But a guy like Jake Hayner, Jaron Hall, Tanner McKee, those mid-round guys, Hendon Hooker. And it's interesting because you talk about the QB market outside of the first round. There were also reports talking about the Broncos could be exploring getting a quarterback in the like in day two or early day three. I don't think that would be a bad idea. Russ is getting older and he did not look great last year. Now, and granted, how's he going to be under Sean Payton's offense? We don't know yet. That's that's a really interesting concept because but, what is when you think of Russell Wilson, what is the first thing you think about when you see his gameplay? Great decision maker. Great decision maker because you don't see too many interceptions. But when you see a lot of his highlights, what are they a majority of? Scramble plays that Mm -hmm. are not on time because you're just making it up as you go along. Correct. What's Sean Payton's whole ideology? Very structured. Timing is everything. Correct. So it's kind of like a... I don't, I don't know how exactly you would describe it, but it's two opposites. And I don't and, know if those necessarily attract unless one of them is willing to change their style. and Which is going to be Russell Wilson. Mm. Sean Payton's not changing his ideology. Well, here's here's he'll, the thing. He'll if find you, a quarterback if you that want, works with him. There's the, but to me, if you, want to, if you want to be successful, you can't just run a strict offense and be like, if you can't run it, get out. You see a lot of guys, they'll make their offense flexible and they'll change – how they run the plays and how the plays are designed so that way it fits the mold of how the QB plays the game. Especially at this point. You you think you're going to teach an old dog new tricks? I can throw that question right back at you. <laughs> you you going to teach Sean Payton new tricks? No. Just like you won't teach Russell Wilson new tricks. So what's going to end up happening is it's not going to work and Sean Payton will draft a quarterback and start over. Which is why I sh- thought he should have gone to the Chargers all along. But that's neither here nor there. Also, by the way, Jared Sidham isn't even with the Raiders anymore. Brian Horrier's their backup. <laughs> oh, even worse. <laughs> right. Even worse. So, last thing before we take a timeout. Apparently, the Panthers now know who they're going to take. It's a consensus with the organization. Correct. Frank Reich said that he talked with GM Scott Fitterer yesterday, and they have a consensus decision on who their quarterback will be, and they are, quote, excited about it. So, 
We'll see what happens. We'll take a timeout and finish up our number one of four right after this here on The Game. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The Game has a brand new app, and it is your one-stop shop for all things The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Download the free mobile app today to your Android or Apple device. All you got to do is search The Game, Southwest Louisiana, and no matter where you are, you can listen to The Game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to the Jordy Holtberg Show here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Wrapping up our number one. Won't be able... It's funny because we got some technical difficulties. So we are, I guess you could call pitch inning or in this case pitch speaking yeah and i mean i think we're doing a pretty good job at it james hey three more hours to go air high five Bow! well some news broke while we were in co- doing the commercial timeout and at the end of the segment both joe burrow and justin jefferson former lsu tigers and 2019 national champions they both have had their fifth year options picked up no surprise, because you're going to have to about to pay them the big bucks because they are two of the best in this league at both the quarterback and wide receiver positions for the Cincinnati Bengals and Minnesota so Vikings. What you're, so what you're going to do if you're both the Vikings and the Bengals is you're going to order a Brinks truck that is just absolutely loaded down with cash and just park it outside their houses. And say, hey, there, there you go, bud. There's your contract. I'll leave it on the, I'll leave it on the door. And it was funny because I remember when Joe was on a podcast and he talked about his rookie contract. That signing bonus, it all comes in at once. So that twenty four million came in one. Mm-hmm. What do you what at do you, one? And obviously, we'll continue this conversation because we have a long time to go. But what do you do when somebody just deposits twenty four million dollars into your bank account? Savings. Oh, my God. Hour number one in the books. We'll be back with hour number two of the Jordy Holtberg Show right here on The Game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of the Jordy Holtberg Show here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, broadcasting live from the Evco Development Studios here in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Looking at the world of sports, obviously we're going to talk about LSU baseball as they host Nichols tonight. We're going to talk about Cajuns baseball as they host Southern tonight and 
much more. But James, have you ever seen a sports team feel so humiliated after a terrible loss that the players have gotten together to pay to refund the fans that were there? Have you ever seen that happen? I had never heard of that before. So over in England, mm-hmm. there was a soccer match over the weekend between Tottenham Hotspur and Newcastle United. And it was an away match for Tottenham. And they lost 6-1. to one. They had roughly 3,000 fans make the long trek over to Newcastle. And their first squad players have gotten together. And they are going to refund all 3,000 fans that attended. Saying, as a squad, we understand your frustration and your anger. Sunday wasn't good enough, and we know words aren't enough in situations like this. But believe us when we say a defeat like this hurts more than you would know. Yeah, when you get blown out 6-1, to one, it's not the best feeling. No. I'm, I'm actually shocked that they went as far as to refund the fans. And that the players are doing it out of their own paychecks. Right. Like that's it's not just like a hey, we'll get the organization to do it. Correct. No. Like the, they're they're the, doing it themselves yeah. out of their own pocket. The the players are doing it, which is wild because I've I've never seen that before. It's a big surprise, but it's also a kudos. Like, yep. like hey, that's pretty awesome. No, yeah. ab- absolutely. Absolutely. You know, looking at some more stories in sports, obviously we'll get to the NBA playoffs as well. The Los Angeles Lakers just look different, better and better (laughs) every game that they play. And the Grizzlies are falling apart. Ja Morant just isn't right. Mm -mm. And if he's not right, then they're going to struggle. And that, that is evident thus far. Because here's the thing. You saw the big tumble he had when LeBron drew the charge, right? Mm hmm did you notice how on the fast break it was a two-on-one and Ja could have very easily dished it to the corner to his teammate? Correct. For an open shot? Correct. But he has tried too often to go for the crazy poster, especially on LeBron. Yeah, he's trying to do too much. Like, I get it. You can jump really high. But, dude, how many times has that gotten you injured? Or how many times has it almost gotten you injured? For sure. For sure. Your poll question of the day. Who is the best quarterback in the NFC not named Jalen Hurts? Is it Dak Prescott? Is it Kirk Cousins? After 12 o'clock. No, at 12 o'clock. At 12 o'clock. Is it Derek Carr? Or is it other... So far, 48.5% of you say it's Derek Carr. 27.3% say that it's other. 15.2% say that it's Dak Prescott. And the other 9% going to Kirk Cousins. James, do you agree? Do you think that it's Derek Carr? I don't I don't think it's Derek Carr, I'll be honest. I, I look more at it. We still have to see Justin Fields actually make more consistent completions. But I think as a talent-wise, Justin Fields is absolutely insane. And I love what Jared Goff did last year. The fact that he went 
the bottom half of the year, and he had next to no interceptions. Are you telling me that Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in the NFC? I'm saying he. I'm not saying he's the second. I think he's up there. So in order, how would you how would you do it? I would probably put it hurts one. Hurts one for sure. Two, because it's so weird. Because you look at it, don't know what you got out of Ritter. You you're gonna have a rookie quarterback with Bryce Young for the Panthers. Derek Carr for the Saints. Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask for the NFC South. Kyler Murray's coming off an ACL. You'd probably put Kyler up there, even though I haven't been super duper impressed. Daniel Matt Stafford. Jones? Matt Stafford's uh kind of washed almost at this point. Brock you, Purdy. Brock Purdy, you got a seven or no, it was a little bit more. Like you have less than a year of a sample size with Brock Purdy. He looked really good. Could go Geno Smith. Hmm. No, you've you've seen one year out of Gino. He's up there. Don't by know default. Don't, don't know exactly what you got with Jordan Love. Minnesota with Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Not great. Uh like he had a nice year, but And then you've got Golf and Fields. Golf and Fields, Prescott, Daniel Jones, and then Sam Howell. Either and... Sam Howell or <laughs> not Taylor Heineke. Uh Jacoby Brissett. Correct. Derek Carr to me is in the top four for sure. But I think if we start seeing what I kind of expect to see out of Justin Fields this year, now that you've got like some wide receivers out there outside of just Darno Mooney, I think you'll see him take that next step forward. Right now, mm-hmm. Derek Carr's number two. You have Derek Carr as number two? I do. I mean, Dak Dak has insane ability. Don't get me wrong. Guy turns it over too much. The guy turns it over way too much. Um, Kirk, if it's not noon, he's not great. Um, and, and and he continues to prove that time and time again. Justin Fields, I I agree that he probably has the most potential out of any of them. But I've got to see more. I just, you just have to see more out of him. Um, Derek Carr is by and large the best quarterback in the NFC South. Like it is, it is not even close that Derek Carr is the best quarterback in the NFC South. But yeah, I, right now, and and of course that could change. But heading into the season, I would say that Derek Carr is the second best quarterback in the NFC. Where would you put golf? Probably third. Probably third. After what I saw last year, probably third. Right. And then I'd probably put Dak at fourth. Where do you have Justin Fields? Because you you talked about how we both agree he's got the potential. I'm not putting him up at two or three just yet, but I think if he does what I – he doesn't have to throw for 4,500 yards or 5,000 yards, but if he can have a more consistent year and hit passes more consistently – I think he'll be able to do that because he's got one of the better receivers in the league in DJ Moore. And then have a nice compliment with Darno Mooney. Instead of having Darno Mooney be their number one, Cole Komet's a pretty solid tight end for he them. Is, and they got a couple of running backs that they based can Based on with. potential, I'll give them the fifth spot. Okay. Based on potential, I'll give them the fifth spot. So, Hertz. Carr. Carr. Goff. Goff. Prescott. And Prescott. Then Fields. Fields. Okay. Kirk, so then you do you have so do you have Kyler at six then, or do you have Kyler like so much lower? 
probably have Kyler at seven or eight. Seven or eight. I mean, he was not good last year. No. And I know he, I know he spent a lot of the year hurt. But and it's going to be tough next year because he won't be – he can recover well, but that whole next season, it's not going to look good because it's going to be the first year off of his ACL tear. 311 here on your Tuesday. Matt Miguez and James Mesh filling in for the Blonde Bomber. When when you look at this NFL draft, and obviously, you know, mock drafts are everywhere and there's tons of speculation. What's this team going to do? Is this team going to make a trade? Yada, yada, yada. James, I think I've honed in on the one guy that I want the Saints to take in the first round. I I think I've come to my decision. Who have you pinpointed? Lucas Van Ness. Yeah, now you're getting It's a, Lucas Van Ness. Now you're getting around to it. And I'm to the point where I almost don't care what you have to do. Right. <laughs> go get him. It's so funny because he could go like as high as 8 to the Falcons and he could go as low to the Saints at 29. You see, last night I, I just got in this scouting mood Mm -hmm. and I watched his tape and I read scouting reports that other guys were writing on him the untapped potential is is through the roof it's through the roof the guy never started a game for Iowa Can, can we let that sink in he's a first round prospect that never started a game in college Oh, and by the way, he started his career at Iowa on the interior. He didn't move out to edge until this past year. So that verse, you can put him anywhere on the line. Right, and that's exactly what the Saints love. Now you're coming around, bud. I mean, a lot of guys said, well, a big reason for concern is his inexperience. To me, I love his inexperience. That's raw, untapped potential. Remember the last time you went you went for a couple of guys that have raw, untapped potential that you kind of need to work on. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I feel like Lucas would work out a little bit better. I think Lucas Van Ness would be a perfect replacement for Cam Jordan when that time comes. Because here's the thing with with Luke. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Oh, with with the Saints. The Seahawks have a history of trading back. They're not one to really trade up all that often, but they have no problem with trading back and going get other guys that are in later rounds and stack those up because look at look at what they did last year. Most of that draft was starters for them. Tariq Woolen, a bunch of other guys. Like if you can make the trade with the Seahawks at 20 and Lucas Van Ness is there, I say go jump from 29 to 20 and go get them. What would you have to give up to move that far? Would you, would you have, have to give up a first? I don't think so. I mean, you'd have to give up the 29th overall pick. You would, well, you yeah, would, right. you would swap picks, but I think at the heat of the moment, you may have to give up 40, and then maybe you get like a fourth rounder back. Ugh. But I think if you could, I would try and stack up like I would do the 29 end of, and 71. Right. And then if you really need to, 
like give up another pick and have right. it be like have give it be like your, a 2024 pick. Give up your third rounder next year and then figure out a way to get a third rounder back for next year. Right, cuz there's always something. there's always compensatory picks that you're going to get back. Mm-hmm. So, if you give up 29, 71 and then your third rounder in 2024, I think that's enough. I think that you moving up to nine spots. I think that's enough. I think that works out. I think if you're Seattle, you jump all over that. Right. Because you move back to 29, there's still plenty of guys. And at that point, because they need interior, they need defensive line really in general in Seattle, but they also kind of need interior offensive line. And at 20, you getting you a interior with Smith, John Michael Smith, or any of the other guys, it's a little too early in my eyes to go get him at 20. So if you're at 29, that you kind of feel a little bit better about yourself and then here's, doing it at that point. And then point. here's the other thing. You've already had a draft pick if you're Seattle. You picked at five. Right. So you've already had a first. So for your second one, does it really matter if it's at 20 or 29? Especially if somebody's going to look at you and say, hey, we'll give you a first, we'll give you an extra third, and then... We'll even to to make you to make you say yes. We'll even throw in a third rounder next year, or a fourth rounder, or what whatever. If you're Seattle, I think you jump all over that. Personally, uh, three sixteen here on your Tuesday NFL draft, just two days away now. Interesting to see how it's going to play out. Does Seattle? look to make a move for a quarterback does Arizona trade out of number three potentially and which quarterback is going to Carolina we will talk about all of that plus hear from Brian Kelly and Jay Johnson a little later on in the show right here on the game this is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. If you haven't seen the defending World Series champs in person yet, well, not to worry. The game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with another Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Oakland Athletics on Saturday, May 20th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Welcome back to the Jordy Holberg Show. 322 on your Tuesday. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. And the world famous CD. I figured y'all needed a little help to get through this kind of middle slog as we kind of approach the four o'clock hour and then transition to crunch time with Miguel and Mesh. How you doing, brother? Miguel and Mesh. Listen, you love to see it, dude. You love to see it. Listen to this guy. By the way, (laughs) the game hotline is back up and running. So 337 706 0111. If, if you've got a, a thought or a comment, we would love to hear it from you. Before we get back to the NFL draft conversation, though, 
Some breaking news out of Lake Charles. Christian Shoemate has announced that he is staying put in Lake Charles and returning to McNeese. This is huge for Will Wade, who now has a player that has experience in the program. I'm going to keep talking as I do the Collinsworth slide. Move on over back to the middle because CD has up and abandoned us. But James... Good talk. Looking now at McNeese, you bring in these transfers from bigger schools like Cincinnati and Utah, and you even brought in a big man from Florida, and now you're keeping Christian Shoemate. McNeese looks even better than they already did. Looking pretty good out there, am I right? I mean, we kind of expected this, though. Like, some guys were going to leave. Some guys were going to hit the transfer portal. But then some of them were going to say, and I'm really glad that it was Christian Shoemate because he was one of the big bright spots. Absolutely. And, you know, you look at it and... When when Will Wade first took the job, it was it was like a one hundred percent done deal. The shoemate wasn't going to return, so I don't know what Will Wade did. I don't know what Will Wade said, but uh, he, he got Christian Shoemate to stay in Lake Chuck. You mean to tell me there's not a strong ass offer involved in all this? <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, I'm, I mean, now you can actually kind of get away with it these days with NIL, so I'm sure Will Wade's absolutely ecstatic about getting an, isn't it, what, seventh or eighth guy he's been able to kind of land in the stable lately for the cowpokes. He would be the seventh. That's impressive. Like, seven already have kind of jumped aboard, and these aren't, you know, your typical like McNeese guys. These are really solid transfers that could fit well in this program and kind of help this team which has already been drawing really good numbers, despite the fact they weren't that great this past season, helped them get even closer to being in contention for the Southland Conference and maybe make it back to the madness that is March. Safe to say that uh, they're the favorite in the Southland this year, correct? I'd say so. Again, it, we're talking April. We've got like six more months before we can really start talking about like Southland Conference previews with well, our guy sure, Jimmy G from the LC. Early on. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think they're the favorite. But, you know, getting back to the NFL draft, Clint, if you were a general manager for the New Orleans Saints and you had all the cards at your disposal, what move were you making if you're making a move at all? And if you're not, who are you picking at 29? I think if you're picking at 29, I think you got to go with an edge rusher or defensive lineman. That's kind of the direction I'm wanting to go. Now, again, a couple months ago, before free agency, you asked me that question, I'd say running back. Go get B. John Robinson. If you have to trade up to go, go get him, go do it. But the fact you've got your boy Jamal Williams, mm-hmm. absolutely love the cat. He's going to be a great impact player for the Saints in 2023. I don't think running backs has nearly as much of a priority numero uno. I'm hoping we get to see a little bit more from Jamal Williams, depending on what happens out with Kamara and his suspension situation. Correct. Because we, God knows when that's going to be resolved. I want to see what he can do. He can be a really good player. Now, I think the biggest position of need you need in that first round, it's got to be defensive line or edge rusher. Cam Jordan ain't getting any younger. You don't have a Trey Hendrickson. You just got rid of Marcus Davenport. There's guys out there. 
One guy you brought up, Lucas Van Ness. Good. I think I much rather the guy out of Clemson. I've been seeing a lot of people mention him as players the Saints should pick up. That said, I wouldn't hate in the first round, especially late, if you stick at the 29th pick overall and he's still there, I'd, I would love for them to take Osiris Torrance. Again, I love what the Saints have an offensive line, but you can't have enough with guys like Eric McCoy being middle of the road, Cesar Ruiz on the last year of his deal. There's a lot of question marks, and I think for me it'd be defensive line or edge rusher, but I wouldn't hate getting a hell of an offensive lineman in Osiris Torrance, former Cajun and ex-Florida Gator. You see, with Osiris Torrance, I've seen so many mock drafts that have him slipping into the second round. I think the Saints could get him in the second round. Right, because the Saints pick in the middle of the second, and if there's an opportunity, if you feel if like there's there. a, if you feel like there's a run, right, if you feel like there's a run at offensive line early on in the second, well, then you could just make that move and get Jump into the late thirties, yeah. early forties, and it it wouldn't be too too much because at that point, a early second from a mid second, it won't it wouldn't take as much to go from late twenties in the first round to the. Middle yeah. of the first. Trade Trey Smith. Trade Trey Smith. Move up to 30. I don't think anybody wants Trey Smith. That's what I was about to say. Who wants Trey Smith? Some, that's somebody, the real question. Somebody that's desperate enough for a receiver. I'm sure there's somebody. <laughs> I'm curious if there is a team that values his run blocking like the Saints do. Or his one game a year. Like, there's always that one game Trey Smith has. I call it the Trey game. He just goes off for one reason or another. He'll have like he'll six just... catches for 100 and a touchdown. Exactly. Like, I mean,. And then falls off the face of the earth. Yeah. Right. I mean, he had that from the jump. I mean, like, he started off his career really good. Then he winds up having his big game be whenever he catches Drew Brees' touchdown record pass. And then I, th- I think he might have also had Drew Brees' passing record, too, Correct. at the time. Wait, right? Really? He, he, he I, mean, I he, wasn't he was certain suppo- of that. He was supposed to catch. You're talking about the one against the Colts? Where Drew had 540 career touchdown passes? Yeah, that one. Because initially it was his, but they called it off on an offensive pass interference, and then they just ran it and did like a right. regular tight end play action and boot he had to the, Josh Hill. He had the passing yards record on yeah. that Monday night game against the Redskins. And that was a touchdown, if I'm Correct. not mistaken. Yes. It was. Yeah, I'm just, like I said, just trying to remember, I think I was Mandela affected there because I feel like Traquan was a big impact player in that game too. Now, real, real quick, but before we take a timeout and, and Clint gets back to – you know, I, mean, I can hang running, around for a little bit, bro. Running, running the world because we all know that's what CD does. Yeah, world famous, exactly. But hey, I can hang around for a little bit, dude. We got time. This man talking about the WWE. <laughs> oh, this man. Last night they bring back one of the most historic titles in the history of the company. It's not the. I'm talking, <laughs> and you call it a participation trophy. It, it even back whenever they brought it back for the World Heavyweight Championship in 2002, it was still kind of a participation trophy, right? Because you only have one championship that really matters, right? I understand, you know, in a world where you've got the NFC, like it's not like where you have it's all one company, right? We care about the NFC Championship, yes, but we care a lot more about the Super Bowl. And at the end of the day, the WWE Championship, which has been around for over 60 years, that's the title. The World Heavyweight Championship, especially that one, it does not, based off of anything that I've heard, it does not carry the same lineage of the big gold belt from back in the NWA, Jim Crockett, WCW days. It's a different belt, 
And add the fact I'm not a fan of the design with the giant WWE yeah, it's, logo. It's, it's not great. I understand why. Because, again, branding is very important. Like how you have the game logo down to the lower third if you're watching on Stadium. You have the game logo behind us right there inside the Avco Development Studios. You see all this stuff. Branding is important. I get it. But it just looked like you took the World Heavyweight title, the big gold, which was a fantastic design, one of the best of all time, and you just said, oh, hey, let's iron press the WWE title, WWE logo, excuse me. That's probably exactly what it. they did. And it's not great. No, it's not. The, the The design of the title is not great. But the fact that, again... It's a participation trophy. Uh, I disagree. Like, especially if Cody wins it at, uh, what, Clash Night of Champions... There's no but way do, you can't consider that. do you think that. that's the direction that they're going to spin it? I feel like that's the only direction you're, you can go with Ugh. it. Like, I think that Cody Rhodes Give it should to have Seth Rollins. No, no, no. I hope they... If Seth Rollins is involved in the final, great. But if I see Cody versus Rollins 4 in that for the participation trophy, I'm not sold. I'm just... I'm like, okay, great. I get to see this. And the worst part of it all is... It's in Saudi Arabia. That means it's going to be like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Correct. It's the worst. And hell, you might be covering, you know, like Cajuns in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament or Cajun softball in the Super Regionals around that time. We we, we hope. We hope. I think Cajun softball could get the Super Regionals. We hope. (laughs) We hope. We'll see. 332 on your Tuesday. We'll take a time out here on the Jordy Holberg show when we return here from Brian Kelly right after the spring game next. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 337, welcome back to the Jordy Holtberg Show, broadcasting live from the FCO Development Studios here in Upper Lafayette, FCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Matt Miguez and James Mesh filling in for the Blonde Bomber technology has been restored. We are back online. The hotline is up. So again, 337-706-0111 if you want to join the action But over the weekend, LSU held their National L Club spring game over at Tiger Stadium. And following the presser, Brian Kelly spoke about what stood out and the progress that he saw throughout the spring. And here's the head coach's opening statement. You know, it was uh, what we had hoped it to be in a sense that – you know, as you saw, we we tried to do some situational work uh, and uh, some special teams that uh, allowed us to shorten the format a little bit. You know, because we, as you know, uh, we're we're thin on the offensive line, and and um, I told that second group in particular, um, you know, Woodward and and. Uh, and Bush that, that moved over from defense to offense that we wouldn't have been able to have the kind of spring unless they 
you know, stepped in and, and moved their positions, and, and they got better for us. So uh, it, it made for a really good uh, spring opportunity for us today because they were, you know, they were competitive, and it allowed us to get a lot of guys some work in, in a, a game-like format. So pleased with the, the outcome. Um, first and foremost, we, we got out of it clean. Uh, no injuries, which is always important uh, as 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 you look at uh, the overall uh, impact of a game like this, and then and then we we had some guys step up and make plays. Um, you know, obviously the the very first offensive possession with with White Lacy uh, being very dynamic with the football in his hands adds to you know a mix of receivers that um, you know can be. Obviously, very good for us uh, in the SEC. Um, I thought uh, the quarterback was uh, and Daniels was very efficient. Um, you know, played very well. Um, I thought Garrett Nussmeyer equally uh, as efficient. The big thing that came out of that for me was the fact that there were no big injuries. Everybody yeah, you, came out healthy. You you stayed healthy, and that's obviously the the big goal in in a spring game because. Look, it is just a scrimmage, and you, you never want to see guys suffer serious injuries. I mean, nicks and bruises, look, that's going to happen, and they've got a month and a half to uh, of a break now. Um, so nicks and bruises is one thing, but you stayed away from serious injuries, which is, which is definitely a positive if you're LSU. Yeah, because to me at this point, I almost have some PTSD, I guess you could say, whenever Mason Smith went to go celebrate for mm-hmm. his teammate making a big play, and then mm-hmm. he's out for the whole year in, on the first drive of the first game. So it's like at, at any point, I'm just like, let's just, just be healthy. Just be healthy, avoid as many injuries as you can, but also make sure you're getting in good work and you're getting good reps. And because my big thing, especially for a defensive player, if you need to be you need to be aggressive and make sure that you're still able to do a good technique when you're making tackles because we've seen it before where a defensive player if they're scared too scared to maybe like stay close to a receiver because they're worried about a penalty or like how we saw before when football players if before like you could leave with your helmet but after they made the rule players were scared to make tackles Correct. because they were so used to tackling one way at that point it took a while to adjust, so it's like got to make sure that you were able to tackle and tackle well and make sure that you were able to perform at the highest level and while still also staying healthy. Start with the most important position on the field. Brian Kelly talked about Jaden Daniels and the progress that he's made not only as a pocket passer, but James, one of the biggest criticisms of him last year was that he needed to put on some weight. He looked a little... He looked a little skinny. It was a big criticism of his weight, but then also him not necessarily taking enough deep shots. Correct. He would too often, or maybe not too often, but a lot of the time, he would just take off and run himself if he didn't feel like he was confident enough to make a throw downfield. Correct. And Brian Kelly talked about the progress that his quarterbacks made in the spring becoming more comfortable in the pocket. You know, we, we think he is uh, committed to being the best quarterback in the country. We've seen that in his work ethic. 
Um, I think he was on the verge of, of moving in that direction throughout last season. Uh, his play kind of dictated that until he got injured. And uh, I think he's picked up where, where he left off last year, um, physically getting bigger and stronger, um, leading our offense, leading our entire team. He's been a leader. So uh, I don't think there's any reason why not to think he would be, you know, the next version of that. And that means um, not only, uh, you know, uh, one of many good quarterbacks in the SEC, but one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Now with Jaden Daniels, like Brian Kelly just said, becoming one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, potentially one of the best quarterbacks in the country, does Coach Kelly feel like his team is close to competing in the SEC? Well, I think we're getting closer to that. I think, you know, clearly the area of concern for us is in depth. Um, you know, we're not at 85 scholarship players yet. Uh, we're below that line. So, you know, two or three key injuries puts us in a very difficult position. Um, we should be able in the SEC West to sustain some key injuries to key players. I don't believe we're at that point yet. If we knock on wood, stay injury-free, uh, and continue to develop, we're going to be fine. But that's not where you want to be in this league. You, you have to, I think, go into a season and expect to lose some key players and still win this league. So I think that's probably our Achilles heel, if you will, is that we're still uh, not at 85 scholarship players, and it's still going to require us to keep this team injury-free. So, looking at college football, the, the headlines have been Colorado with, with Deion Sanders and their spring game being nationally televised. 45,000 people were in attendance. And you've had 17 players hit the transfer portal since the end of the spring game. One of them being a six foot seven tight end by the name of Zachary Courtney. Now... The reason I bring this up is because now that he's in the transfer portal, he is trying to find a new team to play for. And how do you do that? You take your film and you share it with coaches. Right? Not in this young man's case. He posted on his social media about an hour ago, For coaches who are trying to recruit me, I am sorry, but I will not be able to get my film from practices last season since I am not allowed to have it because the head coach at Colorado won't give it to me. This is very unlucky, and if you have any questions, just text me. Mm -mm. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Dion won't let kids that are transferring have their film? What? What are we doing? Look, I'm not a I'm not a hater of Dion. I, I don't really have an opinion on him. But this is a little much. The kid's just trying to go play for somebody else because you basically told him that you don't want him. But yet you're not even gonna let him show other coaches his tape like what's he supposed to do show your high school tape show your high school tape maybe try and find a youtube video oh my god 
And then, uh, so, you know, in today's day of social media, the kid's getting absolutely attacked. And so we had to comment on it again and say, again, this is not any shot at Dion. I just wanted coaches to know that I have no film to give them. Right. They're like, well, come on, give me your film so we can look at it. Right. I don't have anything to give you. I don't have one. (laughs) Sorry. I'm not allowed to... uh... I don't. I don't have access to my tape. Oh man, I I really with, with stuff like this, and then you saw the video of him kicking a player off of the team, in front of the team, and you know this, that, and the uh, the way Dion handles some things. It makes you question. It makes me question, but not only that. To to add on to that, for Colorado's sake, I really hope this works. This out. works. Because if it doesn't, they're going to look even worse than they did when they were 1-11. Did you also see that other video of him walking around, and I think it was a big old jacket with his hood on, and he he saw one kid wearing white socks, and everyone else was wearing black. He's like, you're wearing the wrong socks. Get out. In the, in the workout room, I was like, what? I mean, I get it. You want to run like a strict, and if you're not going to follow the rules, you got to run a strict program. I'm like some of these rules. It's a little there's much. A, I'm, there's a reason behind it, but I don't know. Maybe if I'm a coach, maybe if I became a coach, like maybe if I asked like Coach Danny Bruce, are like, hey, is this a little much, or uh, like is he like is he right in line? I feel like he would tell you it's a little much. That's what I feel like. Like there's there's levels to it. There's certain stuff where it's like, look, don't do this, don't do that. But it's like you're going as far as to make sure. If you wear a different, like it'd be different if you were wearing different socks during a game, even during a practice with your pads on, even a walkthrough. But kids just in the workout room, like in the working out, and you kicked him out in the middle of his set because he was wearing white socks instead of black socks. That's a bit much. Real quick with the NBA game five tonight between the Celtics and Hawks. James, do your Celtics move on? Bye, Atlanta. Bye. <laughs> See ya. You were a little. You stayed here too long. Should have been swept. Does Denver move on? Yeah, Denver's moving on tonight. Do the Suns move on? <sighs> it's so weird. Because or is that series gonna get interesting? Dude, I I wonder because uh, it would have been totally different if. And it sucks because the Clippers, they have had to go through a bunch. These last couple of years, like they just can't get a break with these injuries to their star players. Kawhi always on load management and always has to go do something. Like he's always got something that he's nursing. That's why you almost never see him. And then Paul George, he's had few injuries over the last couple of years, late in the season and during the playoff runs that have just halted whatever progress they could have made, which sucks. But I think the Suns end up moving on tonight as well. So I think three series get done tonight. Oof. Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Jim, Jimmy Butler. We get, is, we're going to talk more about that during crunch time. But, but oh, man. My, oh, my. M, MJ son. MJ Jr. Holy cow. My, Jimmy Butler, 56 points. And, and 20 in the first quarter. And did it efficiently. Very efficiently. Oh, man. Good, good for that guy. Good for Miami because, man, when Tyler Hero broke his hand, you thought they were done. Right. I had talked about I was like, I mean, there's Giannis, who's got the back, and then there's 
Tyler Hero who's got the broken hand, but you felt like the advantage was still very much in Especially Milwaukee. now that Giannis is back. Yeah, especially now that Giannis is back. And you even look at it last night. He had a really good night. And they still end up losing because an incredible fourth quarter by the Heat and Jimmy Butler. I think that series finishes tomorrow also. I think that one's done. You think you think, I think it's done. You think Miami moves on? I think it's done. Ooh, I, I think it moves on to at least game six. Which could make the road for your Boston Celtics a whole lot easier. It, but it does make it tricky though, because now you have to play the Miami Heat. It's true. It's true. That's the issue. We'll continue this conversation during crunch time. We'll take a timeout. We'll wrap up the Jordy Holtberg show right after this. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. If you want to take your lady out for a nice dinner, but you're low on cash, the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com can help with your date night blues. Join our rewards club to have the opportunity to score a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, both low located at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great prizes by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Two minutes left to go. Listen to this mock draft. Chris Collinsworth has Anthony Richardson going fourth to Indy. He's got Miles Murphy going seventh to the Raiders. Bijan Robinson going eighth to the Falcons. Brian Breezy going 10th to the Eagles. Dalton Kincaid going 13th to the Packers. Will Levis falling to 18th and getting picked by the Lions. Jameer Gibbs is is now a a first-round talent. I've seen a couple of people do that. At, At 26 with the Cowboys. I know they need a running back, so that's fair. And then, and then, oh, here, here's here's the doozy. Here's the doozy. James, get the drop ready. At 31, the Kansas City Chiefs select Hendon Hooker? <laughs> you serious? Excuse me, what? You're an idiot. Hendon Hooker. Why would the Chiefs spend a first-round pick on a quarterback? You just signed Patrick Mahomes to a 10-year bazillion-dollar deal. Oh, man. That's going to do it for the Jordy Holberg Show. Don't go anywhere. Two hours of crunch time coming up right after this here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.